Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Ben Jarofsky Show is just moments away, but before we get into that, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. That's correct. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. That's correct. The International Union Operating Engineers, Local 150. That's correct. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show for Wednesday, February 12th, is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Big (laughs) problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Hey, we're the monkeys. I don't know why I'm thinking of that song, but I am. It's an awful one. The Ben Jarofsky (laughs) Show starts now. Ooh, I like that music. It is Wednesday, February 12th. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is a very dramatic Ben Jarofsky show. Today on the program, suspense, as legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson returns. And surprise, when we welcome pollster Dan Cohen. And now your host, no suspense, no surprise, <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Happy Birthday Abe Wednesday. And here's why. It's Lincoln's birthday. Woo-woo-wee. Not really relevant to anything I'm going to say, D, but I just thought we'd pay, you know, homage to the greatest president this country's ever had, in my humble opinion. I will now list the three greatest presidents this country's ever had. Number one. Abraham, wait, you don't even have that thing. Don't even, no, Uh, I don't have it. Number one. Don't have my computer. Abraham Lincoln, number two. Oh my God, you can't do those like. Don't remind uh, me, (laughs) just do the intro. (laughs) Those things were like, no, but you just did Mueller. Oh, sorry. Uh, Number two, FDR. And number three, I'm going to go with uh, Dennis's. He said, when I said, who do you think the three greatest presidents of all time? He goes, Jimmy Carter, good enough for me. He's probably the greatest post-president president of all time. Think about that. Uh, anyway, um, I would say that pretty much everybody listening to this show would agree that the current occupant in the office is nowhere near that list. That would be one Donald John Trump. And that brings me uh, to what I really want to talk about, sort of the selective outrage that exists in Republican land here in Chicago over Smollett Gate as opposed to Donald John Trump Gate. Everything's a Trump Gate with Trump. Uh, Smollett Gate, as you know, has to do with Jesse Smollett. Pa- uh, pages of the newspapers are filled with stories. Here they are about how he was uh, indicted again for the same old charges of staging a hate crime. We've talked about this obsessively for several months. We'll probably be talking about it obsessively for the next few months. I have to admit, I do have an obsession with this case. Uh, celebrityhood, it has everything you need. It's got MAGA hats. It's got celebrity. It has fantasy world. It has somebody making a phone call on somebody's behalf, which is so classic. Chicago. Uh, Of course, in total significance, I agree 100% with Maya when she said it wouldn't even rank among the top 20 uh, criminal justice issues facing the city of Chicago, facing the county of Cook. Uh, But nonetheless, 
When was the last time we let significance get in the way of being obsessed with the story, right, D? Right. Uh, people are obsessed with celebrity all the time. So anyway, the papers are filled. Front page story, Smollett faces new raft of charges. That's the Tribune headline. And the Sun-Times Smollett sequel. None of them are using Smollett gate. Hmm. Ah. Yeah, they're falling down on the job. Uh, emperor actor, hold on, empire actor, excuse me, indicted again for allegedly staging hate crimes. First thing I thought when I read the story was, how can you be charged for the same thing twice? See, I'm not a lawyer, right? I read a lot of legal no. novels. I, I watch a lot of uh, legal TV shows and movies. But I called Jim Coogan, our ace attorney, uh, who comes on the show about once a month to discuss Trump's crimes and misdemeanors. And he explained to me uh, that a charge is different than actually a trial. He was never tried. Uh, he was never convicted or acquitted in a trial. So essentially, you can uh, charge him twice. You can't uh, uh, You can't convict him twice. Uh, you can't convict him after he's been acquitted. So thank you for that, uh, uh, that ex- explanation, uh, Jim Coogan. Anyway. This is the interesting thing about this. Uh, my good friends at the Chicago Tribune are outraged. They are outraged by what went down. Uh, they wrote one column. Johnny Cass uh, wrote a column about it. The Tribune's editorial board wrote a column about it. They're outraged at Kim Fox, Cook County State's attorney. They can't believe, oh, my God, that she would allow this, this, this injustice to continue. Just the favorable treatment that Justice Smollett got. It's just outrage, okay? Outrageous. Meanwhile... Not one word about Donald John Trump. In fact, the Tribune story about Donald Trump is buried on page. Hold on, hold on. We, there we go, page 10. From page news in the, in the New York Times, Donald John Trump, the Justice Department, uh, ordered the, uh, the lawyers who were overseeing the trial of Roger Stone to lower uh, their sentencing recommendations in Stone's case. Stone, of course, a former ally, longtime ally of Donald Trump. Uh, he was indicted on corruption charges having to do a fallout from the Mueller report investigation. Donald Trump, just imagine, folks, if you can, if Kim Fox treated uh, the inve- the investigation into uh, her misdeeds the way Donald Trump treats the investigation into his. She would be uh, tweeting out on a regular basis denunciations of the prosecutors. She would name the prosecutors. She would name the investigators in the prosecutor's office. She would dig up any dirt that she had on the prosecutors. So just imagine just going through Deb, Dan Webbs, who was the prosecutor, uh, the special prosecutor who looked into the Smollett gate. Just imagine if she just looked into his background, uh, dug up anything resembling dirt on him and just started tweeting it out to undercut uh, the legitimacy of the credibility of his uh, indictment. Uh, She would attack the Tribune, fake news, biased media. She would attack by name the columnists who speak out against her. She would attack by name the editorial board. She would name the editorial board. Just imagine that. She would intimidate anybody from daring to investigate her. Just imagine that, huh, D? That's what Donald Trump is doing right now with Ryder Stone. Not one word from the Tribune on that. Not one word from the right on that. Here's the thing, man. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I've been practicing journalism town for a long, long time. I was taught to go after Democrats and Republicans. When they do something wrong, you investigate them, you write about them, you ask them the questions, you put it out there. I've written stories condemning all the powerhouses in the Democratic machine going back to the 80s, into the 90s, into the O's. Generally, when I did that, I could expect some alliance from my Republican friends uh, at the Chicago Tribune. 
Well, not if it was a TIFF story. They <laughs> they stayed away from TIFF stories because, you know, that was a handout that uh, took care of the well-to-do uh, and the powers that be. But, you know, any run-of-the-mill... Uh, 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 a run-of-the-mill uh, story having to do with Democratic wrongdoings of state reps, aldermen, et cetera, and so forth, Democratic corruption. I could generally expect them to uh, side with me or be uh, writing about it as well. But not one word about Donald Trump. The double standards dealing with Donald Trump and his outrage makes it that much harder. At this advanced stage of my career, D, to play the game, just play, supposed to play the game, supposed to be outraged at local Democrats. But the Republicans aren't outraged at national Republicans, They're not outraged at Donald Trump. I don't know how long I continue to play this game. Sooner or later, I got I to gotta get a little support on this from my friends on the right, from my friends from the Chicago Tribune's editorial board and the columnists like John Cass. Sooner or later, you got to stand up to Donald Trump. It's easy to stand up to Kim Fox. She doesn't have that much power. She's not going to tweet you out. She's not going to denounce you. She's not going to go after uh, the, the special investigators. It's something else to stand up to Donald John Trump. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson, he's not afraid to stand up to Donald John Trump. He'll be talking about all of Trump's crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, and then Dan Cohen making, as uh, Dennis said, his Ben Jarofsky show debut. I met him last night at uh, the show. He was the gentleman, I think you had left by this time, D. He came up and started speaking about um, sort of the state of the Democratic presidential race uh, in the uh, in the aftermath of the New Hampshire primary. By the way, c- can we give a shout out to the Dems in New Hampshire? Remember yesterday I said, I got a feeling, D, they're going to actually count the votes on yeah, time. way to go. The bar was low, I admit, with my beloved Democratic Party after they made a mess out of uh, Iowa and a mockery of the whole system. <laughs> but how about those Dems in New Hampshire? We know how to count votes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Dan Cohen, uh, a pollster for uh, Democratic uh, politicians, will be in the studio. We're going to break down the Democratic race, who's head, who's behind. What is the story with Michael Bloomberg? Blo- Do I see a Bloomberg Bernie? Showdown in the future? Oh, boy. Could, that's, could that be what's... Up the, the Biden has done very poorly in Iowa and New Hampshire. He's really hoping uh, that South Carolina saves him. Uh, but I don't know about Joe Biden. And then Andrew Yang dropped out of the race, D. Yang's gone. I got a text from uh, Joshua Smizer, a frequent guest in the show, going, who's your top three now? Remember, for the oh, longest yeah. time, Bernie number one, Elizabeth Warren number two. So who is your top three? Well, Bernie, number one. Elizabeth Warren, number two. Uh, Well, I'll say it. If I had to go, I guess Joe Biden would be number three. Oh, good God. (laughs) Live streamers, don't go anywhere. (laughs) Don't leave us, live streamers. I'm not a wimp. I got to come up with a third. All right? Oh, everybody's like, oh, no. I'm too pure. Uh, Amy Klobuchar? I like I like Grandpa. I've always I always kind of like Grandpa Joe. I mean Amy Klobuchar, you know. Live streamers, I try. I, I well, who are your top three? Bernie, yeah, Bernie, <laughs> and Bernie. Oh, is Robert Peterson in the studio? Yeah. I mean, all right, let's just say you can't do Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Give me top three. Go. What's uh, whose name's that on that banner? <laughs> Wait, it ain't on. Dennis. Hold on. Come on, D. Come on out. It Come ain't on. Dennis. No one's here to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Top three. I guess I got to go. Uh, I'm, I'm studying 
Bloomberg, okay? I'm looking into Bloomberg, but man, oh man, that's the other thing. The tape on Stop and Frisk dropped yesterday. Good God, we'd be talking about that with Monroe. Oh my God, Michael Bloomberg's, uh, the tape from like, was it 2000 and forget when it was, I think it was 15, don't quote me, D. Um, God, but you know what? He's going to be doing a lot of apologizing. That was a Stop and Frisk tape, folks, where Michael Bloomberg, I don't know where he was speaking. I don't have the the story in front of me. Was making these insanely uh, 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 law and order remarks about how you know this is how you get crime down. You get guns out of people's hands. You just throw them in jail. You know that's if you find any reefer on them, throw them into jail for reefer. I'm like what? Just just gonna sweep people off the street? They don't. They lose their constitutional rights just because you think they may have a gun. Uh, anyway, so he's going to be doing a lot of apologizing for that. There's going to be pro- he's got so much money for commercials. D, they're going to be apology commercials. Remember when uh, JB got in trouble for the Blagojevich tapes? He went on the apology tour. I think Bloomberg's next week will be on apology tour. I'm sorry. I am sorry. That's I'm a pretty sorry. little problem that JB had. Big problems <laughs> become big problems when you let small problems sit. And that is what Michael Bloomberg is saying right now. Uh, that's a big problem that came out of a small problem that was sitting. Uh, so anyway, I guess uh, <laughs> I got to see more apologies from Bloomberg. And also apologies in the charter schools. Uh, Bloomberg was a big supporter of charter schools. I have a lot of issues with charter schools because, of course, they're anti-union, anti-teachers union. Uh, they uh, uh, they cut teacher salary they made it easier to fire teachers they sort of in many ways they promoted the notion uh, that teachers were the problem fed into played into the hands of republicans who said the problem with education in this country this day is teachers and so the solution is to pay them less and make it easier to fire them to make it less desirable for anybody to want to be a teacher I, i could never understand in a million years how anybody would think that was a solution. If you if you have a problem with your uh, workforce, if you think your workforce is inadequate, if you think your workforce isn't uh, to the top of its game, what makes you think you could solve that by cutting the salaries of the people uh, in your workforce and making it uh, less desirable to have that job? You think you're going to attract better candidates to fill those slots? The whole charter school notion of how to treat teachers was a complete fallacy that was basically union busting. And yet, Michael Bloomberg bought into it. Rahm Emanuel bought into it. Barack Obama bought into it. Arnie Duncan bought into it. So, yeah, I got to think about that. Hey, you know what? That's something we should talk about with PC. Peter Cunningham comes into this show. He knows a thing or two about this subject. Pete and I, we don't agree on everything. But, you know, I like to bring him on, get his thoughts. So he's coming in next week. Talk to him about Bloomberg and charter schools. That'll be interesting to talk about. So anyway, Bloomberg's not in the top three, D, but, you know, I keep my open mind about him. Before we bring on Monroe Anderson and young Daniel Cohen, the man from Alton, the man they call Dr. Doobie with the news. No one calls me that. Hello. (laughs) Local news. Our Chicago mayor and Illinois governor are attending the same event today. They're both at the 78, the new South Loop mixed-use neighborhood. Uh, And we never talk about the 78, do we? Oh, God. 
they're both there? Yep. I thought they would hide. No. <laughs> they're out. They're, they're out there. Happy about it. Governor J.B. Pritzker is there yeah. to celebrate the Innovation Network and Discovery Partners Institute. Yeah. And Mayor Lori Lightfoot is there to announce the anchor in, uh, in the first phase of the $7 billion project. Yes, that's billion <laughs> with a B. Uh, Your I, like, thoughts. I like when you do this. Well, the 78, of course, is the uh, the TIF deal uh, that was in the shadows of the uh, Lincoln Yard TIF deal. It was uh, passed by the city council at its last meeting uh, during Rahm's administration. Rahm was heading out the door, and as a gift to developers, he's got the city council uh, to pass these two mega TIF deals. I think, that do this off the top of my head, I think the 78 is a $1.1 billion handout uh, to developers. Now, this chunk of land in the 78, folks, uh, you got to picture this it's just south of roosevelt road or roughly clark street a huge swath of undeveloped land like on uh this uh adjoining the chicago river uh like there's dirt bikers out there homeless people out there people camp out there i've wandered through uh, a few times a lot of reefer smokers out there back in the day you know d before it was legal probably still are a lot of reefer smokers yeah, out there. yeah back in the day what two months ago <laughs> Yeah. Way back in the day. Way back in the day. Did I tell you at the opera there was someone smoking reefer? Oh, yeah, yes, I did yeah, tell you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's a huge chunk of uh, undeveloped land. I've written about it uh, from time to time over the years. Uh, Tony Resco, oh, the um, he went to the he went to the former Blagojevich aide who went to prison for some corruption charges. Uh, once owned the land, was looking for TIF assistance to develop it. I, that's why I call it Resco Field. All right. It's interesting. Nobody else calls it Resco Field uh, in, among the powers that be. Did they say in the press release whether anybody's calling it Resco Field? Let me look. No. Nah, no, no. no. You know, they, no love for Tony Resco, okay? No love for that great tradition of corruption. Here you go. Here I am talking about corruption among Democrats. Remember I said that at the outset? I'm always talking about corruption among Democrats. Just waiting for a Republican to talk about some corruption among Republicans. Remember I said, D, that's it. It's over. I'm not going to talk about Democratic corruption anymore. Only going to talk about Donald Trump until the Tribune starts talking about Donald Trump corruption. Here I am, man. Some <laughs> habits are hard to break. Anyway, you talk about bad deals. Yeah. So anyway, they've given them $1.1 billion. They're going to develop it. They're going to say it's going to drive up uh, the cost of living in Chicago. It's going to fuel the fires of gentrification. It's going to make it that much more uh, expensive to live on the near south sides of Chicago. And they're going to call it progress. And in some light ways, it will be progress. But in other ways, it'll dramatically affect people's lives. People will have to move out of the city, move out of their neighborhoods. And uh, it'll, call, it'll call, force our property taxes to go up. That will do two things. Force more people out of their house and make me broker than I already am. So uh, Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot, I know, are saying this is a wonderful deal for the city of Chicago. This is a great deal for the taxpayers of Chicago. But, you know. I'm not so certain that it's a wonderful deal. I'm sure there are many other ways uh, I'd rather have that $1.1 billion spent. But I'm just one vote, D. I don't determine how the city spends its money. And again, that was passed by the city council in the waning days of the Rahm Emanuel administration, the last city council meeting. And I just want to point out Byron Sixto Lopez, who's now the alderman of the 25th Ward, opposed it. And uh, but he had not taken office yet. And so I remember the great philosophers who explain automatic uh, prerogative. Remember that? I mean, I think 
Mr. Pike might have been explaining this to us at one point. Mm -hmm. Aldermanic prerogative does not exist unless that alderman's been sworn in. I thought it was this great crime, this shocking abuse of power. The alderman, Sixto Lopez was protesting in the streets of Chicago against this TIF. He's saying, the voters of the 25th Ward elected me as their alderman. I'm against this TIF and it's in my ward. They approved it anyway. And then the justification was, well, he hadn't been sworn in. The incumbent alderman or the previous alderman was a guy named Danny Solis, who we don't even know where he is. He went into hiding after it was revealed that he was wearing a a wiretap. He was tapping. uh, He's wearing a wire. Excuse me. He was uh, taping conversations with Ed Burke. Somehow or other, he, Danny Solis, had more clout with the city council than Byron Sixto Lopez. So I kind of welcome uh, the the 78 on the regards that it just shows uh, what a non-issue alderman and prerogative is. It exists when you want to blame the alderman for something, and then it doesn't exist when the mayor wants something that the local alderman doesn't want. So you don't want to hang out at the 78 with me this weekend? (laughs) Well, yeah, we can walk around right now. We, We could, you know. Just walk through the woods. You should check it out, man. Okay. You would like it. All right. You know, hang out with the like the hipsters and the the guys on their dirt bikes and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, that's what it. That's who uses it now. It's gonna be in, in about five, ten years. There'll be a whole different ball game. Hey, a bipartisan poll was recently conducted and released. It Ooh. was a poll or survey focusing on us crazy Illinoisans. Uh-oh. This poll was conducted November 13th through the 21st by Normington Pets and We Ask America. 1,000 Illinoisans were polled and two important issues were covered. Public schools and corruption. Mm-hmm. What they find. Well, here's a quote from Jill Normington of Normington Pets. Quote, this poll is the only bipartisan look at the state of public schools in Illinois. We sampled people from all across the state and from many different communities. And here's a quote from We Ask America's Andrew Weissert. Quote, we work collaboratively to make sure this poll was done without bias so we could truly get an honest look at the state of education in the state of Illinois. So now that you know uh, what the hell we're talking about here, let's look at the numbers. Shout out to Illinois State Journal Register and Capital Faxes, Rich Miller, the meanest Illinois political <laughs> bulldog in the yard for the data. The first question on the poll, out of 1,000 Illinois polled, would you say things in Illinois today are generally headed in the right direction, or would you say things are off on the wrong track? Before we find the results, Ben, what do you think? Right direction or wrong track? I, me, yeah, personally, you, right now? Ben. Uh, right direction. Ben says right direction. The results, right direction, 29%. All right, I'm writing this down. Wrong track, 57%. And then leaving fourteen uh, percent. Well, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. I don't know. <laughs> Can I call you back? <laughs> what about you, man? What do you say? Uh, wrong track, right direction. I'd say right direction. Yeah, I mean, come on, we just legalized reefer, everybody. And the guy who <laughs> did absolutely nothing for four years, Bruce Rauner. I mean, we're doing something. So I guess, you know, we're on the right track. I mean, I'll tell you what, Illinois is a hard crowd to please, you know. Ugh, wrong direction. Wrong tracks. <laughs> wrong tracks. They're developing the 78. Aren't you happy? Come on. Be happy, Illinois. All right, now let's talk public schools and teacher pensions. Oh, boy. Here's the poll question. Uh-huh. As you may know, 
teachers in Illinois do not pay into and therefore do not collect Social Security when they retire. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Illinois teachers should receive their full pension, see their pensions cut some, or see their pensions eliminated? I, I, this poll, there's this, there's an underlying reason for this poll. There's a subterranean per- political purpose for this poll. I do nothing about this by no pre-show planning on the Ben Jarofsky show, all right? I came dashing in with a bagel for D. No. I didn't know. He didn't, forgot to ask him what stories he had for me. I'm hearing this when you're hearing we're not bragging. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a subterranean reason. As soon as we got to, pe- where's Jeff Johnson when I need him for an explanation of pensions? So, some, full pension, to nothing. cut some, or eliminated. Ben, what are you going for? Uh, so the question is, do I believe that they we should honor teachers' pensions? Do you think that Illinois teachers should receive their full pension, see their pension cut some, or see their pensions eliminated? Full pensions, underlined, and I want one too. So. All right. Full pension, yes. And cut some, 11%. Eliminated, 6%. Wow. Full pension, 75%. Dang. Leaving 9%. Uh Uh (laughs) Full who? Full house? (laughs) Way to take a stand, everybody. Ben, you seem surprised by that result. I am surprised by that result. I am. So now I'm starting to think, figure out who put this poll out there. No. <laughs> I am surprised. I'm always surprised when I'm with the majority of the people on any poll. I've always usually on the wrong side of the voters of Chicago. Although in this last mayoral election, D, let me just point out to you. All right. Let me just point something out to you. Point it out. All right. I'm going to point it out to you right now. Please do. Wait, are you about to point something out? Yeah. <laughs> I was on the winning side for once in my life. I voted for Lori Lightfoot. Guess who won? Lori Lightfoot. So for once, I was with the majority. That's unbelievable. When it was all over, the rest of the people were going, huh? What happened? Well, I so, wonder if she thinks you're a winner now. <laughs> oh, come on, Lori loves me. You know that. Next poll question. Oh, here's another one. I love this poll. Right now. Teachers hired after the year 2011 in Illinois Mm -hmm. must work in a classroom until age 67 in order to be eligible to receive their pensions, no matter how many years they have been teaching. Okay. The question, do you strongly oppose, somewhat oppose, somewhat support, or strongly support recently hired teachers being able to receive their pensions at age 60 instead of waiting until 67? I'm going with no. I, I think you should wait till you're 67. So you... What's that? You oppose? somewhat oppose? Yeah. You should s- wait. Same rules, man. Why are you changing the rules in the middle of stuff? Here's the results. Uh-huh. Wait, wait. So wait. So I oppose. Um, now, now that dyslexia is kicking in, D, do I, so do I oppose this thing or am I for... Could you imagine a pollster calling me? I'd be like, all right, hold on now. I'm Just- trying to imagine doing a podcast <laughs> about the damn thing. Uh, folks, this is me on the ACT. Okay, can I tell you right now? In fact, let me just share this. I had to do, fill out a form for uh, my Oscar predictions on Sunday, one of those betting things. And it was online, and there were all these categories. And I just like this flashback to the ACT. I started panicking. I broke into a sweat. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, can I just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to start guessing. And in a way, I ended up losing. Uh, on the poll thing. So anyway, I'm I'm saying keep it at 67. 
All right, once again, do you strongly oppose, somewhat oppose, somewhat support or strongly support recently hired teachers being able to receive their pensions at age 60 instead of waiting until 67? Strongly oppose, 19%. All right, strongly. Somewhat oppose, 14%. Somewhat support, 24%. Ooh. <laughs> strongly support, 38%. Wow. I bet a lot of young people fill that out. They <laughs> want to retire early. With a total oppose of 32% and a total support of 62%, leaving 6% going, ah, what the hell are you talking about? You I don't know. know. And there's another question. How many understood the question? <laughs> 99% did not. That's the most confusing question I ever heard. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. This poll, most people are just saying, I don't know. Pick, pick one for me. Take one off the t- <laughs> Yes, seriously. Up next, some poll results that will more than likely confuse every single one of us listening. Here we go. Oh, man. Respondents were then asked to rate how important (laughs) each one of these priorities was to them on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah. With 10 being the most important. Here are the percentages of those who rated them a 10, followed by the percentages of those who rated them 8 Nine I have or ten. Just I, can I raise the white flag? On the, this yeah, is like. I don't did you ever see? Uh, there was a Steve Martin movie. But wait, were you a Steve Martin fan? Absolutely. I think it may have been the jerk. I can't remember. He gets pulled over for a suspicion of drunk driving, and the police officer makes him go through this increasingly more and more difficult uh, test to see if he's drunk. In the end, he's like hopping on one foot and juggling. You know, what I mean? he goes, "Boy, you have some hard drunk driving tests." That's what this is like. I don't know. Whoever wrote this poll, yeah. let's get Dan Cohen in we'll here. Save everybody the, uh, we'll save everybody the, the worries here. We'll just read the top two here. It says, having high-quality public schools came in at 59%, and cleaning up corruption in state government, 69%. So those were the two things that Illinoisans were really so uh, people, at trying to So more people are concerned about corruption in Illinois than there are about public schools. I would say the two are linked. If you have a, a lecture that's a bunch of dummies, it's easier to be corrupt. How about that as a theory, huh? Let's get a poll on that. Why would I? I'm trying to think like, you think it's harder to pick a top three in the Democratic nomination. I'm supposed to figure out which one is more important, uh, not having corrupt politicians or having good schools. I don't know, D. That's a tough one. Can I just say to the pollster, oh, that's a tough question. Or I don't like the question. Is there a category for I don't like the question? Well, there's that. I don't know. There's <laughs> that one. That's different than I don't know. I think there's something wrong with that question. All right. Well, that was confusing, not, wasn't it, everybody? I mean, it's not like you have to choose one or the other. You can have both, right? You can have corruption-free government and good schools. Just saying. We'll How be about right that? back, everybody. Monroe Anderson coming up. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Monroe Anderson in the studio. Uh, it is Trump, 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 Trump time. Talk, time. Time to talk about Trump. A lot to talk about Trump. Dan Cohen on his way, po- a political pollster. Since the word got, got out, uh, Monroe, that Dan Cohen is coming to the show today, I've been getting texts from all kinds of people. Joanne, I saw your text. Uh, Carlos, I saw your text. What a great guy this is, Dan Cohen is, how smart he is. So, like, the expectation is sky oh, high God. in the sky. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dan Cohen on his yeah, way. Yeah, see where it's with me. They go, oh, this is only Monroe. <laughs> it's Monroe again. <laughs> No, they didn't say any. See, now you took glass half full and turned it into glass half empty. Right. Uh, Cohen is on his way. It's the first time he's a rookie uh, on our show. Uh, let's hope he can figure out how to get here. Uh, but uh, anyway, Dan Cohen is on his way. We'll probably hold off 
a lot of political news. The New Hampshire primary, the state of the Democratic Party, uh, Bloomberg versus Bernie. I have a feeling that's coming up. I have a feeling, to quote the Beatles, that that's coming up. Uh, Joe Biden, what's the state of his candidacy? Top three. I may ask Monroe his top three uh, candidates. I've already given my top three. Uh, Dennis ducked it uh, when I asked him. And so we'll see if Monroe ducks it as well. Uh, Every uh, week that he comes on the show, or most every week, Monroe writes a little something that's usually pretty funny on his Facebook page, sort of sums up what's on his mind. I'm going to share with folks what you wrote this time. All right, Monroe. All right. So this, uh, (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm going to spare folks the responses. Monroe Anderson for a lefty, and he's generally a lefty, whether he, he admits it or not has so many right-wing Facebook friends, like all these MAGA hat wearers out there. And they they love jousting with Monroe, and <laughs> it is pretty funny. But anyway. Um, and I troll them back. Yes, you troll them back. Uh, and uh, back in the old days when we took phone calls on the old show, uh, they would call in, and then they got so tired of getting whooped, they wouldn't call in anymore. They, Come on, we're only the one guy. What was his name? Um, James, always James, we call him. Yeah, no, he's on my Facebook. He's page Facebook. Now. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, is Chuck Schumer right in asking the Inspector General to look into Bill Barr's decision to ask the judge to reduce Roger Stone's sentence? That's the question to which I say. Uh, yes. Okay, that's just me answering it. Do you think that America's most lawless president ever had a hand in this? Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. I know, like we all know that Kim Fox made a phone call uh, to Eddie Johnson on behalf of Justice Smollett. We all know that. I want to know what phone calls Donnie Trump made, huh? You know, if it's worth investigating here in Cook County. Right, Monroe. I'm just saying, uh, Monroe. I'm going to hold him accountable for the Tribune. Many years ago, he worked at the Tribune. guy. Yeah, many, many years ago. <laughs> All right, the statute of limitation has expired. Yes. All right here, what else? Should Barr be investigated and impeached? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I forgot to put it. And Trump should be impeached again. Yeah. Again. By the way, there is no double jeopardy right. on no, impeachment. No, there isn't. Yeah. yeah. I learned that. Uh, Jim Coogan told me that. All right. What about Trump's revenge attack and Lieutenant Colonel Vindman? And his twin brother. It's an outrage. What about it? It's an outrage. But I'm going to ask Monroe about that. I'm going to actually play devil's advocate with Monroe on that one. Uh, and then, of course, he just goes on. To, I, ask uh, re- <laughs> I ask rhetorical questions. Yeah. Here, here's the, the closing line. Uh, he's talk, talking about where you can watch the Ben Jarowski show. You can watch us on YouTube or download us wherever you get your podcast at Fox News. Would you put the Fox <laughs> News thing in there just to inflame, the, just no, to inflame no, your right wing no, followers? No, the story I have underneath it is from Fox I News. I get it. And so I get that's it. their logo. I yeah. see. Are you giving us something like, what is it, at Fox News? Oh, the story says Chuck Schumer asked for IG investigation into DOJ decision. All right. A lot to unpack there. Uh, the um, the uh, IG, uh, uh, Roger Stone was uh, given a, uh, was convicted. Uh, we were waiting for the sentencing recommendations. Justice Department lawyers are always making sentencing uh, recommendations. And, and there are guidelines for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't just pull them out of their their out of the air or something yeah. like that right their guidelines and so the guidelines they came up with the seven to nine years the the, pro, the actual prosecutors the who prosecuted the case yes. yes which is which is a little on the tough side but you have to factor in that he taunted them he being roger stone yeah, roger stone as I mean, opposed just, to donald he, trump he who ta- also taunted yeah taunted right him. exactly he taunted them mm-hmm. you know he, he basically pulled a blago on them 
throughout the whole thing exactly. he was pulling a Blago on exactly. them. And exactly. And Blago got 14 years. Right, for doing that. Yeah. And, and, and Trump, Trump, who was, who was threatened to, to, to let Blago loose, too, yeah. uh, says, says about Stone's sentencing, mm-hmm. possible sentencing, um, it's much too harsh. In fact, he shouldn't have been investigated again yeah. at, at all because Trump is innocent. Yeah. He didn't do anything. He's perfect. Yeah. I would never use the word innocent in relation to anyone uh, named Trump, okay? Well, uh, but, but he tells you that. Yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't say he's innocent. He says he's perfect. Yeah, he's perfect. He might not use it. No, I don't think he, even he would use the word innocent. <laughs> yeah, because lightning connection. would come out of this guy. He's not, he doesn't believe in God, but it come down yeah. and smite him. Uh, so, yeah, all right. So do you think um, uh, that Donald Trump got on the phone and put pressure on Justice Department officials? Or do you think he even had to? Do you he think didn't have to. No, because he tweeted and he announced that it was too harsh. The sentence was too harsh. And um, them being good soldiers, they said, yes, sir, <laughs> Mr. Trump. That's right. Let's think about that. This is the, I, I began the show by talking about uh, Justice Smollett and how outraged uh, so many people in the city of Chicago, particularly your old employer, the Chicago Tribune, they're really outraged. Oh, the Tribune will be the Tribune. Yeah, the Tribune. Things, no matter what happens, the Tribune is still the Tribune. Right, they're exactly. always outraged yes. when Democrats are up to no good. Yeah, uh, or liberals. Liberals, yeah. yeah. And um, But uh, anyway, they're outraged. They're yeah. really outraged at Kim Fox because uh, 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 Jesse Smollett, she apparently intervened on behalf of Jesse Smollett. Or, and, uh, but... Not one word about this, but yeah, it's clearly, you don't even have to investigate it. He did. He tweeted it out. Right. Donald Trump tweeted out his opinions on this matter. Right. Exactly. Which in Trump world, this could happen. Um, if, 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 If Stone, after Stone is sentenced, he could say that, uh, his lawyers could argue that he, he should um, be released because of um, the president um, prejudiced the sentencing. Wow. Yeah, because you know, because that the president is. of the United States has no business putting his opinion in it at all. So at, at a good defense attorney could go, well, they gave him um, three years and he would have gotten out away with zero or six months or something, but the president got involved in that, that case. That's, that's like the standard definition of chutzpah. Right. The standard definition of chutzpah is a person who kills his parents and then pleads for mercy to the judge on the grounds orphan. that he's an orphan. Right. Okay. Right. That is the standard yeah. definition of it. And that if you, if that defense attorney were saying, you know what? We, we, how can you sentence this guy? The president intervened right. and, you know, right. it just prejudices everybody. Right. Let him go. Right, exactly. <laughs> wow. Right. And then Trump wouldn't have to pardon him, which is not off the table. It's not off the table. But you think Trump cares about... See, this is where Bukovic is connected to right. all this stuff. Right. Because uh, we've had Leonard Goodman on this show many times. He is uh, Rob Bukovic's attorney, and he's trying to get Rob Bukovic out of uh federal prison and i'll say what i always say i believe Bogoyevich, the sentencing was far too harsh me too uh 14 years is ridiculous right uh that said they were looking they're looking their last hope is for donald trump uh to commute the sentence or pardon him etc let him out right and um 
I think that Donald Trump would only do that in correlation and connection with a pardoning of somebody who's going to jail for a crime connected to him. Right. Then he has cover for exactly. it. Then, you know what I'm saying? No, and he probably will do that because what he's doing now is setting up to um, pardon Flynn. Oh, explain that one. Michael Flynn. I hadn't yes. thought about Michael right, Flynn in exactly. a while. Exactly, right. No. The former, uh, his chief uh, foreign affairs advisor. Yeah. Who lasted. National Security. National Security. But how many weeks did he last before he had to leave? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, it was so very fast, ago. Monroe. Yeah, I don't like, think it was a month. Yeah, right. It was very fast because he was t- he was hanging out with the. With the with, Russians? With Is the that Russians what you're... and the Ukrainians and. So, uh, so you think that it'll be Flynn that gets pardoned first, not Roger Stone? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it would be Flynn because Flynn is is set up for it. I mean, he's he's he, Trump has been preparing us for this. I mean, Flynn Flynn was singing like a canary, and then somebody got to him. He fired his defense team, mm-hmm. got these new lawyers in, and he shut up. All of a sudden, he stop had nothing else. Yeah, stop cooperating. Mm-hmm. And um, the speculation, very strong speculation, is that he's cut a deal with Trump to get pardoned. And so that's why he talk, stopped to talking or singing. Do you believe that? Yes. Anything that's corrupt and dishonest and cheating that pops up <laughs> about Trump, I believe. Yeah. All right, so let's, uh, let's take this back. Chuck Schumer's asked for an investigation. Uh, last week, we had an impeachment uh, inquiry end up in uh, acquittal. Yes. And all along... Yeah, I'm in acquittal in what could not really be called a trial since there were no witnesses, witnesses. and no evidence yeah, brought absolutely. forth. And so that's... Not a trial by anybody's unless it's in Russia or yeah. someplace like that. And so um, the uh, the fact is is that uh, um, it was Donald Trump who blocked any witnesses from testifying, who ordered uh, his aides not to turn over materials. That matter was not adjudicated before the trial, before the impeachment trial. In other words, they didn't. The Democrats didn't take it to court to try to force Donald. Well, Trump. they took some things to court, but then they realized that what he was doing is what, which was, which is an old tactic of Trump's, is that he goes to court and he strings it out so mm-hmm. long and and. It, and let's say you were a carpenter on one of his buildings, that he would take it to court and it would cost you so much money and it would take so long through the course that finally you just say, screw it. You know, I, I, he can have the money. I just want to, you know, I, I, I want out of here. And so that's what he was doing. He's using that same tactic. Fair enough. For, for his investigation. And, and my, I subscribe to the notions that the Democrats should have followed it, should have said, all right, that's the game you're playing. We're going to play the game, too. Right. And I, my belief was that the Democrats uh, should have just forced the decision. Let it go to court. Let's see what the judges rule. Let's go all the way to the Supreme Court, get Kavanaugh yeah. uh, and Gorsuch to rule so we could show how corrupt this system is. Right. right. All right. And uh, well, they still can do that. I have some courses, uh, cases in there, so they still can do that. But um, I mean, it, th- this is a a a, a three level chess game that's going on here. I mean, it's all sorts of things going on, and Trump will go down. But it could be. Oh. Um, 
It could be in, in three months. It could be in two years. Uh, but folk, you will go down. Monroe has been making this predictions. Right. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> no, inauguration okay. day. Yeah, right. No, no. The thing is, he's not going to get reelected. And when he is no longer in office, and they may have to drag him out kicking and screaming like Amoroso lost, left the White House. Yeah. <laughs> he may go the same way. But, but after that, then there are these sealed indictments. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's also um, individual number one in New York in the um, um, case that sent Michael Cohen to jail. So I mean, it's all kind of things that's going on. We have we have one of the um, the sexual harassment rape charges mm-hmm. that's in the courts. Yeah. We have his his money. I mean, it's so many things going on. Trump will go to his grave with with litigation and court cases still. Well, you know, unless he lives to be a hundred. Yeah. And uh, by the way, last week uh, when you were I'm listening to your predictions. Yes. It's so interesting because last week. And I know you're not afraid to swim against the tide of prevailing right. opinions. I'm going to start by saying that. Exactly. And you're not afraid to yeah. be a contrarian. As, as, as Trump said about from us black folks, what do I have to lose? Right. What do you have to lose? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that, I went on a, a rant yesterday. I, I can't remember what, what set me off. Uh, you just reminded me of that. It is Donald Trump's... What set me off was this. We probably should hold off to talk about this with uh, young Dan Cohen. But Donald Trump's reaching out to Bernie supporters, yeah, of which I am one, yeah, reminds me of Donald Trump reaching out to black voters. Follow me, in, of which you are one. All right, follow me on this. He offers nothing, nothing in the way uh, of substance to a black voter or a Bernie supporter. Well, to he, warrant his vote. Yeah, well, he, Nothing. He, he did that prisoner thing that the, the black woman in the commercial was so grateful about. Okay, <laughs> he took care of that yeah, one right, lady. Exactly. <laughs> no, there are other, other people who have bum raps. I mean, it's some new law or something, which I didn't pay any attention to, mainly because um, is that it? I, is, I is think that if, if, is if that he it? was seriously interested in black folks, he, he would reward those who are not in jail. Yeah. He just do something for the hardworking uh, black people who have been discriminated against. T- today's paper is filled with stories about uh, cases here in Cook County in Chicago that had to be thrown out right. because of abusive tactics by the police officers, exactly. right? Where has Donald Trump been on any of that? Yeah. Where's he, Donald Trump on Stop oh, and Frisk? Well, he, he said don't be gentle with him. Rough him up. Rough him remember? up. Okay. So I would go back to what I said. Yeah. He's offered nothing to black people. Just vote for me. He offers nothing to Bernie people. If you look at a Bernie person, what, what people want, like uh, national health care, uh, college, national uh, college for all for public institutions. He's just the, the help with the crushing uh, debt of college loans. So yeah. These are big Bernie's main. Co- he offers nothing. Right. It, it's some kind of dealing with the global uh, climate change. Nothing. He offers. Nothing, but just vote for me. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's like the chutzpah of the guy is unbelievable. Well, has, it, what, what, has he really gone after any any Bernie? He uh, he's. We'll talk about this again when Young Dan is in here. Yeah. But uh, he is clearly uh, attempting to drive a wedge between Bernie Sanders voters and uh, the the centrist wing of the Democratic Party. Yeah. And, okay. Well, he's trying yeah, to drive, drive a wedge. So whenever Bernie, whenever there's uh, any opportunity 
to exploit the feeling that Bernie Sanders supporters have that the system's rigged. He goes, the system's rigged against oh, Bernie. But that's, yeah, but that's part of, um, they want to run against Bernie. Because they think he'll be easy. To uh, we'll, do. we'll hold that off for when Dan Cohen is here. But yeah, but okay, I, no, I, just, just this one little thing. So they've been encouraging Republicans in South Carolina to take a Democratic ballot and vote a, a Democratic. Yeah, declare themselves declared Democrat. Yeah, yeah, and 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 vote for Bernie. So, um, but but the rest we could take up. No, we'll take up with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to ask Dan Cohen that. Yeah. That is, that's, uh, I agree with you on that point. I, I've said this for a while. I believe that uh, the conventional wisdom in this country is that Bernie Sanders is the easier candidate for right. Donald Trump to, right. uh, to beat. Right. And the conventional wisdom is the wisdom that guides the pollsters and the strategists in both parties, yeah. not just the Democratic Party, right. Uh, right. but the Republican Party as well. Right. So whenever Donald Trump, whenever I read, like when, whenever I read any Republican right winger sobbing crocodile tears for Bernie Sanders supporters, I'm like, oh, you're right. They just want Bernie. Right. Exactly. They want Bernie. They buy into the conventional yeah. wisdom. Right. Of course, you know, um, it's one problem with that. What's that? We, meaning Democrats, bought into the Trump theory in 2016, figured he'd be the easiest one to beat of the 19. And it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't out work way. out. Yeah, no, I I've never bought into the conventional uh, wisdom of uh, Bernie's about Bernie Sanders is so easy to defeat. I think you're absolutely correct. Your main point that that's embedded in what you said is a, Bernie Sanders is an unconventional candidate. Hence, uh, the conventional wisdom is that he'd be easy to beat. And you're right, Donald Trump sort of charted a new course in 2016. And and uh, and some of I think it was 20 percent. Your next guest will be able to help me on that. But I think 20 percent of um, those who were with Bernie went for Trump because they just wanted to change. Uh, I heard it was 10 percent. Okay, I always heard it was 10 percent, which I always point this out because we are constantly relitigating the 2016 election in this studio. And I pride myself on the fact that on our show. I've got a lot of Bernie supporters, and I bring in mainstream Democrats as well. Yeah. And the mainstream Democrats are still upset because they think Bernie sold them out. I defend Bernie uh, on this point. Uh, Dan Cohen has entered the studio. Dan Cohen has entered the studio. Polster has entered the studio. We're going to bring him on really soon. Uh, and uh, I defend uh, Bernie on this one because I think Bernie Sanders actually... Uh, went to work for Hillary Clinton in October. For some reason, that gets forgotten by Hillary yeah, supporters. Yeah. And uh, they always forget that Bernie was on the trail in Iowa, North Carolina, et cetera, for Hillary Clinton in, uh, in, in October 2016. So it was 10%, and I believe it was a higher number. Dan Cohen probably knows this. It was a higher number of Hillary Clinton supporters in 2008 that voted for John McCain. Uh, then Bernie Sanders supporters in 2016 voted for Donald Trump. Uh, see, the problem is with the hardcore Hillary backers, um, they, they have PTSD. And uh, it, it, it carried over, uh, you know, and Hillary still has it because she should be quiet right now. She should not be offering comment. But I could understand 
Every time Trump does something stupid or evil or <laughs> Which illegal, is every day. right? Exactly. <laughs> She's banging her head up against the wall, thinking it should have been me. It should have been me. It should have been Bernie's fault. Right, exactly. It's somebody's fault. Not that I. Not that um, the Russians. Well, it is a lot of people's fault. All right. Let's just. Okay. Yeah, you and I don't agree on this. Uh, no, Russia, actually, oh. we kind of agree on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this because Dan Cohen can hear this, and we'll see if he agrees yeah. with this. A lot of this. And this the, the wedge between yes. Hillary and Bernie yeah. was that divide owes itself to the infiltration of Democratic computers by hackers or the Russians yes. who took the emails they found right. with all the cr- incriminating evidence right. that showed a bias against Bernie, right. that showed hostility, which we all knew existed right. on the part of mainstream Democrats to lefties like me yeah. and exposed it. Right. All right. So the whole world. And they did this at the very precise moment that right. the Democrats were convening in Philadelphia. I believe it was in Philadelphia to nominate Hillary Clinton. It was all timed. I mean, it was uh, time uh, because the Russians had the information. So they would feed the Trump um, campaign information critical yeah. to whatever um, state they were uh, going after at the time, yeah. campaigning in. But could you imagine if so? It's they, we saw all the mean, nasty things that uh, Hillary Clinton supporters were saying about Bernie Sanders. All right, and I say this all the time. We didn't see all the mean, nasty things that Bernie Sanders supporters were saying about Hillary Clinton. And I know those emails exist because it was a contentious primary. Right. And everybody wanted their candidate to win. Right. And you know what it's like when you get into politics, you end up hating the other side. It's, right. it's short term. Like uh, it should be. It should be. Well, you know, I notice in Chicago, like I'll get these, I'll get people call me up. Let's say they're, I'm just making this up. Okay. They're working for Kim Fox. Yeah. So they'll call me up and totally trash Bob Fioretti. I'm just making this, this has yeah. not really happened, right. but it's, right. they'll trash them. Yeah. They'll trash the people that work for Bob Fioretti. You know, they'll say they're no good, this, that, and the other thing. And then three months later, guess what? That same person that called me to trash Bob Fioretti is working in alliance with the person he was trashing before. That's primarily primary politics Monroe yes you know you know how the game is played right you live through it this is ancient history 89 black community still has not completely well I guess it has recovered it is ancient history Uh, maybe not maybe there there are some people who I I, Evan Sawyer occasionally run into yeah they're still mad about that right you remember how Evan's people trashed Gene Sawyer. Yes. They were both mainstream Democratic politicians, Monroe. Right. But somehow or other, when the Evans people got done talking about Sawyer, Evans was like St. Tim Evans and right. Sawyer. Right? Exactly. You lived through that. Oh, yeah. So this is, to me, it's like the similar fact. Uh, it, 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 it's a similar game with Sanders and Hillary Clinton. You know what I'm saying? And the Russians exposed yeah, it all. And what that what that tends to do is keep the party divided and therefore it's incapable of winning an election. Well, we're That's heading- why it took uh, blacks in Chicago 30 years to get a new black mayor, yes. another black mayor. Isn't that right? Yes. 30 years of Daly and Rom. Right. <laughs> and they ran how many black people out of the city of yeah, Chicago? Right, exactly. 100,000 at least. 
Man, I can't believe I lived through all this stuff. All right, before we bring Dan Cohen on and take a deep dive into all the political news of the day and uh, his thoughts on the uh, New Hampshire primary, the state of the Democratic Party, Bernie, Klobuchar, Bloomberg, uh, Elizabeth Warren. What's that guy's name? Oh, yeah, Mayor Pete. How could I forget him? Before we do all that, I got to ask you I just something. Does Donald John Trump have the right to fire Vindman? Okay, because, you know, he gets to name his staff. Right. It's like what in Chicago yeah, okay. we call it Shackman exempt yeah. position. Right. Yes or no? Does he have the right to fire him? To, to, to remove him from the White House? Yes, he has that right. Yes. But what he's trying to do now is get the army to fire him, to run him out <laughs> completely. Okay, I think that's overstepped. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, and if we can talk after the, the break, but... Trump has overreached. He will continue to overreach, and this is why he's going to get the living daylights beat out of him in November. All right, Dan Cohen, you heard that. that uh, Monroe Anderson has not wavered on that prediction. He doesn't even know who the Democrats will nominate. He's saying the Democratic nominee will defeat Donald John Trump in November. We're going to bring pollster Dan Cohen on, get his thoughts on this and many other topics when we return.